we uh, we've seen a, a ton of different uses of of candy in different party events. We had a lady this year use uh, rock candy to make a chandelier for a Harry Potter party. We've seen uh, Easter candy dropped out of a helicopter for a mega church in Georgia. We uh, provided the candy that was dropped out of parachutes at the Oscars this past February. Based out of here in Los Angeles, we've actually provided candy for for uh, music videos, for Katy Perry's video where she has a lot of candy in it, lollipop. And so we've done a lot of providing candy for Madonna and a lot of different celebrity events and functions. That's our guest today, Chris Pratt, CEO and founder of CandyWarehouse.com. He didn't just start up a candy store in Los Angeles and get all these incredible events. It took a long time. In fact, Chris started the company all the way back in 1998 while having another full-time job, and it's been an almost 20-year grind. How he processed the initial orders on the web while having no candy experience or any kind of retail experience is a testament to getting things done as a business owner. The past 19 years for Chris has been great overall, and we'll hear about how he markets the website, how he hires employees, his strategy for making the website and company unique, and now how he plans to expand the business into a more traditional retail store that's anything but traditional. But you'll also hear about the biggest challenge he faced, taking on partners as a response to all the dot-com investment coming into the markets in 2000. Partners that weren't exactly the right fit for the business. Interviewing Chris was a lot of fun, exactly what I expected when talking to somebody who has been in the candy industry for almost 20 years. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to My Digital Story. I'm Jason Gillikin with Triangle Direct Media. At TDM, we do online marketing for all different types of companies, and we hear some amazing stories. On this podcast, we get to share some of those. It's for those of you who want to be inspired by the everyday entrepreneur, the hustlers, the grinders, the one-day millionaires maybe, but more importantly, the people who want to be their own boss. So CandyWarehouse.com, there's over 8,000 products, 35 employees, and at any time they have over a million pounds of candy in the warehouse. Today we're with Chris Pratt, the CEO and founder. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, and you look like a smart guy. You've got a, a Master's of Electrical Engineering at Cornell. so. You probably didn't start your career then as the CEO of Candy Warehouse. How did you how did you come to, to CandyWarehouse.com? Well, I started out in engineering as my degree portrays, and I started in Chicago and then ended up moving to Silicon Valley and then Los Angeles in the uh, electric car industry, believe it or not, the battery-powered car business um, kind of was starting to take off in the early 1990s when I got out of college. And uh, one of my first projects was an electric indie car and um, ended up coming to Silicon Valley and going to different startups uh, out here in California. And um, after a, uh, a few uh, a few smaller startup companies that, went, that ran out of funding and, and went out of business, I thought, well, maybe I should start my own business. And so... <laughs> I was uh, continuing. Uh, the electric car industry was kind of tough in the 90s. It was a little bit early. 
And so these are the first electric cars then that you were working on, and this is all the way starting back in 1992? Yes. Uh, back then I worked on a battery-powered Indy race car, believe it or not, in uh, research and development. I did uh, software and an embedded computer design for uh, controlling the motors in the cars. And uh, we would uh, go on the, uh, we actually went on the Indianapolis 500 racetrack and we'd go for two laps and then we'd have to change the batteries out. We were using standard 12-volt <laughs> <laughs> uh, lead-acid batteries that you would have in your normal car today. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And so um, you mentioned the, the startups that failed. Were these yours or, or were you working for some of these companies that, that failed as startups? I was uh, just an employee of those companies and, and had some stock and things like that uh, and learned quickly that uh, unless the company is actually successful, your stock is not going to be worth anything. So, <laughs> Right. So in, in the late 90s then, how did you decide, okay, I, I want to start up a candy shop now. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own business. Well, I, I happened to be eating lunch across from a candy shop at my engineering job. I was working uh, near Pasadena, California, and uh, just having a burrito one day at lunch and was hearing all this news in uh, early 1998 about the Internet and how it's the, the next big thing. And it, I thought, I want to learn about the Internet. And I, um, with my background in engineering, I thought the best way to learn is to experiment and actually do it and so i just thought i'm going to walk into this candy shop and see if i can uh, get a price list from him and take some pictures and, and make my own little website so that's how it all started out of my apartment in uh, pasadena california i just uh, didn't even have a digital camera at the time i would have to just use my kodak camera and, and took pictures of uh, gumballs and different things and brought them to get the the uh, pictures developed and then had to scan them and then try and use Photoshop to cut out the background. It was, it was a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> trying to do a simple website back then. And, uh, you know, a standard was on a black background and it was very, uh, very young internet time. Yeah. And I went, I went back to the Wayback machine and you look at December of 1998, you can see this first website where you could buy, bulk candy. And so right. <laughs> did you have any sort of inventory then in your apartment or were you selling um, somebody else's candy and, and then just get taking a cut from that? Like how, how did that work? I would, uh, when I got an order, I would buy candy from the, the candy shop and bring it home to my apartment and pack it in a box and print a UPS label and I would tape it on the box and then I would drive to the UPS hub uh, before my normal job in the morning, and uh, I did that for about six months. It, it was crazy. It was a crazy time uh, because I was able, to, with that small amount of resources, I was able to get a top listing in search engines. Uh, Google didn't exist at the time, but there were ten or twelve different search engines that I was able to. I was get, able to get my site listed higher than. Hershey's or M&M Mars or billion dollar companies that really weren't doing much with the internet back then. And so uh, that's how I was able to get the business going from the ground up. Oh, so wow. Early. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so the website that you had, 
what platform was it on? I mean, this is way before, you know, Magento. This is way before Shopify. Um, was it on some sort of like Yahoo or did you customize it? How did that work? Uh, yes, it was based on the Yahoo Store. It was one of the first um, e-commerce sites available that was, uh, yeah. I knew knew enough about software not to try and build the back end myself. What I had to do on the coding was on the shipping and I developed kind of a a meltable um, shipping ap application that told customers whether or not uh, they needed to upgrade to next day air or second day air okay, uh, as opposed to UPS ground so that their chocolates didn't melt uh, in the UPS truck going, you know, when it was being delivered. Oh yeah, did you did you figure that out the hard way? Like, were were you having? Yeah. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. That's what makes the business challenging is it's a perishable product and it's a, a food product, and it, um, so it's very uh, can be very sensitive. If a UPS driver leaves the package outside your door in the sun in Phoenix in the summer, uh, you just have all kinds of things that uh, don't make common sense but they happen every day still so yeah <laughs> you just gotta try and handle those as best you can when you got your first order um were you shocked that something came through or did you know that this would happen i was i was quite quite surprised because it was a huge box of bulk gumballs it was like this 850 piece case of double bubble gumballs or something so uh i was like what this is crazy i i uh you know i gotta get this thing boxed up and it was kind of a big box and i was on a second floor apartment i had to haul it up to my apartment and um and i double boxed it so nothing was damaged during the shipping process so it was a uh, just a kind of a crazy experience and then dropping it off to the UPS hub, I I didn't have a UPS account or anything. I just had to pay right there with my credit card for that first shipment with UPS. So, wow, <laughs> yeah, it was surprising. Oh my gosh! And so at, at this time, you've still got uh, a a full time job. Yes. Uh, so I uh, I would just do all the work at night. Uh, I would had an, uh, my engineering job from you know, eight to six during the day. And then at night, uh, I would have dinner and then work on the website until uh, 1 or 2 a.m. to get it going. That is a grind. And that's how you got to do it, yeah. though. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, okay, um, how long did it take then where you started to realize, you, you know what, this could actually work? You know, this is something I, I could start to do full time. It was uh, around Christmas, I started to uh, get a lot more orders and I was having to uh, I was not able to uh, ship my I'm not able to bring all the candy home I had to because I couldn't fit it in my car so I was starting to uh, ask the owner of the candy shop if I could use his location as a UPS pickup spot and then I was I started boxing candy up during my lunch and so I ended up not being able to eat lunch. <laughs> so that was like even more stressful. So it was, uh, I started in, um, in July of 1998 and by, by December, I kind of figured this could be a real business. Um, so yeah, that's when I first knew. And then, and then by April of 
the following year, 1999, that's when I quit my job. I knew uh, I needed to uh, do this full time if it was actually going to it's going to be working uh, you know, a successful business. So did the owner of the candy shop ever think, well, wait a minute here, maybe I should start up a website. And because obviously this guy is starting to, to make some money from this. Yeah, he, uh, he was, he was starting to see it take off. And uh, we actually had some competitors that came along during that time that had a lot of venture capital. And you probably, I don't know if you remember that time, the mid, 90s and uh, late 90s. Oh sure. There were tons of uh, venture capital going into e-commerce startups, and there was one actually in Hollywood. It was based out of Hollywood, California, that was called eCandy.com, and they had about 20 million dollars in venture capital. And uh, so I, I got really nervous. And in the end of that year of 99, I ended up partnering with the owner of that candy shop and another sales guy, I ended up having, I sold two thirds of the business uh, to those two guys. And they were both a little bit older and didn't really understand traditional marketing and didn't know how to type. They were like, uh, one guy was a true candy salesman. The other guy was a, a sales executive from a Fortune 50 company who had retired, we were uh, we partnered up and we were we uh, issued shares. We became a C corporation and we were going to go public and become dot com billionaires uh-huh. <laughs> and try and raise funds and compete with eCandy. Around uh, in I think the uh, last week of December 1999, we incorporated and I partnered with them and and then within three months, you know the story uh, in. March, April of 2000, the whole dot-com boom crashed, and then um, and then we were kind. Of, I was kind of stuck in this partnership with people that didn't really understand technology. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of like being in a, a bad marriage after that. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember, and people were scared to buy anything online, and um, yeah, it was yeah. it was a really crazy time. So, what happened to yep. eCandy? So, I. Uh, what happened to eCandy is they spent a lot of money in advertising over the next uh, year from probably July of 99 through July of 2000. And they uh, filed for bankruptcy in uh, late 2000 uh, or, ni- or 2001 around there, I think 2000, late 2000, and offered to have our company buy their assets for pennies on the dollar. So uh, that was actually uh, – a success story for us. We uh, were able to survive by not by not being overfunded and having uh, investors kind of shut you down. So, um, wow. so we were able to uh, beat them out in the long run. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know part luck. That's a lot of luck there that you you didn't yeah. quite get to that point where you took that funding and, and you just right. had a couple of partners. Oh my gosh! Okay. Right. Um, so you're just kind of plugging along then with these two partners and, and are they, um, or were they in, in the early two thousands still involved with the business? Yeah. So one of the, uh, the candy guy kind of exited, uh, and became a silent player. Uh, and then the other sales guy kind of helped, uh, manage the business with me. 
but it wasn't uh, a great partnership. It, around um, 2007, uh, April 2007, I was able to buy out both of the partners and get control of the company again. And then we started to do a lot better as a company. We started growing, kind of took off. 2008 was a great year for us after that, um, during that whole uh, the whole financial crisis, we actually had a great year. <laughs> so why were you able to have a great year um, when when other companies were struggling? Well, I think uh, people were kind of depressed and gorging on candy a little bit, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, it was just a matter of being able to uh, run, like implement some of my ideas. Uh, we started uh, marketing candy by color and focusing on parties and events and things like that, like real reasons people were looking to buy candy online sure. as opposed to just buying commodities that you could find at other stores. We we focused on a, a unique niches of candy and uh, seasonal candies that you weren't able to buy online very easily. And so um, we just uh, I, I just started to uh, implement ideas that I had that, um, I wasn't able to execute when I was partnered with the, uh, these other guys. Because you only own, only owned about, about a third of the company. And yeah, okay. Right. I didn't want to take any risks with when they were getting two thirds of the benefit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and so was that, was that holding you back then? Or were those the ideas, like the, the colors and the parties? Um, or were there were there other things like... Um, did you want to do some forms of marketing that they didn't want to do or they were scared of? Um, you know, what are some other things that were holding you back at the time? Yeah, they, the overall, overall concept of marketing on the Internet was not familiar to the, the sales person that I was partnered with. He he was kind of like, uh, have you ever seen the TV show called Mad Men? Oh, yeah. From the 1960s. So that's kind of when he he came into uh, sales and marketing and his idea of sales was taking people out for martini lunches and, and Dodger games and things like that. Um, when we have, you know, a hundred thousand customers spread out all over the country, that, that kind of sales tactic doesn't work, you know? So, yeah, so I was able to market correctly once I got, got, was able to buy him out and just do email marketing and, and focus on content and photography and writing and things like that, which is not a, a normal sales strategy for somebody selling national accounts and things like that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how lost Don Draper would be right now in yeah <laughs> in marketing in general, but especially in in online marketing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a different animal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so back in the early days, and you mentioned that you were ranked ahead of Hershey's. Is that how you marketed the site, just from being ranked in the free search results? Yeah, we've uh, focused a lot of energy on having great content about candy and doing um, useful photography. A lot of a lot of our competitors, like Amazon and, and smaller companies, like candy.com they don't show um the inside of the, the bags like a, a lot of amazon photographs will just have a manufacturer image of uh like jolly rancher lollipops they'll have a picture of the box mm -hmm. but not the actual opened lollipops unwrapped and so we we take the time to unwrap everything and 
have a full-time photographer and uh, we've had full-time writers. Um, so we, we just kind of focus on um, describing the candy and letting you know exactly what's inside. It, I think that is content that people really need and enjoy and it makes the site more fun to shop as opposed to just being uh, an industrial style catalog. Gotcha. You know, 300 million products. We try and focus on, you know, the funness of the candy and, and uh, have, have um, great photographs of candy buffets and uh, use my kids for models with everything. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. And so you mentioned Amazon. Uh, what's your relationship right now with Amazon? We've uh, we've worked with them quite a while. Uh, we were one of the first candy sellers on there in back in 2001. But I, I learned through that process that they have a, a, a really stri- smart strategy of seeing what sells well through third parties, and then they go and buy it direct, mm. and cut you out. So so I from about 2001 to 2000. Four, we sold on Amazon and then I stopped and then again this year I started again uh, selling on Amazon just mostly our unique products uh, Yum Junkie is a brand that we created a private label brand for a candy warehouse and mm. so we're created a, a Yum Junkie brand page on Amazon and uh, now we're kind of advertising using Amazon as a more of a platform which it is now. I mean, seventy percent of their business is third party, so we're just another third party on there. Um, so we're not really competing with Amazon on on commodity candy products. We're uh, trying to offer unique things and just using them, kind of like a, like a Google now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, I kind of got ahead of myself with with Amazon. Um, let's go back to you know early 2000s or even late 90s. When did you, you you've got the the partners, but you know, when did you start hiring? Oh well, I hired my first employee in uh, July of '99. Okay. So about a year after I started the business. Uh, yeah, so that first year, I kind of did everything. And so, you know, when did you hire enough people where you started to feel like a boss rather than a, a worker? I guess uh, when I finally bought out my partners in in 2007 is when I felt like it was it was like my company again, and and I felt I just felt closer to all the employees at that point. Yeah. And um, felt more like a family business at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And you can make all the marketing decisions and you can make all the hiring decisions. Yeah. That had to be yeah. much more comfortable for you there. Um, yeah. Because prior to, prior to my buying them out, they, the, uh, my partners did most of the hiring. I was most of the, mostly the technical guy. And so some of the hiring decisions I didn't really agree with sometimes. And so it didn't feel like totally my company until I was able to buy them out again. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what are you guys doing for marketing? Are you doing uh, AdWords? Um, you mentioned Amazon that you're doing. Um, you mentioned email campaigns. Um, are you doing social ads? You know, what are the best forms of marketing for you? Well, we've done a lot of uh, content marketing, as you know, SEO marketing, and then we've done mm-hmm. social media marketing a little bit. We uh, we've created uh, uh, Facebook pages. And um, 
and also category pages. So we, we created a Facebook page called ChristmasCandy.com and HalloweenCandy.com, EasterCandy.com, and ValentinesDayCandy.com. Oh, cool. And so we we add, um, we're just kind of starting that out this year to see if that's useful for customers, but we just kind of post product images on those pages um, re regarding the seasons. And then we've also created uh, you know, um, Instagram accounts for Candy Warehouse, and um, we have a Twitter account. We've done a lot with YouTube over the years. Like you've seen, we posted videos back when um, it was a lot smaller, back in 2007, sure. 2008. Yeah, we've done uh, quite a bit of different um, social media marketing, a little uh, Twitter, uh, email marketing. We've changed vendors a few times tried to build that up. We capture emails on our site whenever we can. We double opt in to make sure people want to get the emails and and we uh decent open rate, about ten percent open rate of our emails and uh a very very niche group of people who like candy. So uh it's a it's a great email and we've we're actually working with manufacturers uh now to promote their brands. Oh, okay. We did did it on uh, any email for uh, Airheads. Um, have you heard of Airheads, the uh, type of taffy? Yeah, absolutely. The type of taffy candy. And then um, we're working with Charms and Tootsie now and doing an email in a couple of weeks uh, promoting their top products. Um, so Blow Pops and Sugar Daddy and uh, Andy's Mints and things like that. Wow, and so is this a, a partnership, or did they hire you to to do this stuff? They're providing us uh, money to do a promotional email for them. Nice. Um, and sending, but sending people to our site to actually buy the products. Okay. So it's kind of like selling ad space on our site, but through email. Gotcha. So you mentioned um, you've got this passionate group of people that are, are candy lovers. Who are your your clients then? Like who are your who are your customers? Are they individuals like me? Are are they stores? Are they groups? I mean, who are you selling mostly to? Uh, we sell mostly to both groups. We sell to people who are having events, uh, usually big um, life changing events like a wedding or a baby shower or a bar mitzvah or quinceanera, uh -huh. uh, things like that. And then we sell to businesses who are promoting at trade shows or um, different events like hiring events or uh, we sell to churches who are um, doing Easter candy hunts and um, yeah. sell to zoos at Halloween or having events. So we sell to – everybody. Uh, you sell to everybody, but mostly people who are not reselling. So it's people who are giving away candy or using it for some purpose uh, for an event or um, things like that. Gotcha. Yeah, and you mentioned weddings. Candy buffets have grown so much, at least from my perspective, over the past 10 years or so. It, it didn't seem like it was a thing, and then all of a sudden it's an option. You don't have to have a cake. You can do a candy buffet, or there's other options too. Have you seen that as well, where that's just grown over the years? Yeah, that's been a great uh, thing for our business because we uh, offer unique candies for those buffets, and we, um, we've we seen a, a ton of different uses of, of candy in different party events. We had a lady this year 
use uh, rock candy to make a chandelier for a Harry Potter themed oh. party. Um, we've seen uh, Easter candy dropped out of a helicopter for a mega church in Georgia. We uh, provided the candy that was dropped out of parachutes at the Oscars this past February. Oh, no kidding. Uh, did, you see, did you see the Oscars this year? The, the one with Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah, I think it was hosted by him. Yeah, it was, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I uh, yeah, so one. so there yeah, cuz the 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 story is that the Oscars the people have to sit in their seats for the I think it's for, you know, 3 or 4 hours and they're starving at the end of it. So this year they parachuted candy down to them uh from the from the ceiling down to all the the celebrities. So Anyway, we've seen candy used in a lot of different ways, and we've provided it in different ways. Uh, with our base out here in Los Angeles, we've actually provided candy for for uh, music videos, for Katy Perry's video where she um, uh, the the lolly she was, was a lot of candy in it, lollipop. Uh huh. Um, and so we've done a lot of provided candy for Madonna and a lot of different celebrity events and functions. Oh wow! I mean, yes, you're in Los Angeles or in that area, um, but like, how have you been able to forge these relationships? Like, how did you get that deal with with the Academy, with the Oscars? Oh, I think it's just people that are searching candy using the internet. We we have everything in stock and can deliver it immediately, uh, as opposed to some other people who may not have the selection or the inventory immediately. Um, so we're able to a lot of these uh, a lot of um, Hollywood productions need things last minute, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's why we're able to help them a lot. Okay, so you didn't contact them with this idea. Um, they came to you because they saw you online. Right. right. Wow. <laughs> that that works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that way they're actually paying you instead of you doing it for, for promotion. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've had a, a lot of success, especially since um, you were able to buy back the business. Um, you've had a lot of success over the past 10 years, and then really over the past 20 years, you've been through so much. What's next for Candy Warehouse? Like, where do you see the company in in five years and 10 years? Well, we're we're, we're seeing this this year as we uh, opened up our warehouse to the public and made it kind of a cool destination retail store. It's a warehouse, but if you walk into our lobby, we've got giant candy all on the walls and we've got a uh, a steampunk Willy Wonka desk with a giant purple chair and uh, we've got a, a lollipop that's uh, eight feet tall and so uh, and we've got you know six thousand candies on uh, for sale so oh, it's wow. a, a very unique uh, retail store and it seems to be doing okay when people come in they're just really impressed even though it's it's kind of hard to find. Uh, we're kind of in an industrial park, and so there's not a lot of. It's not like we're at the mall or something where people are walking around. So uh, I guess that's a, a possibility. Is kind of doing, you know, like how Amazon bought Whole Foods. We're looking at possibly doing um, retail locations that could be very unique and um, make it worthwhile for people to drive and uh, so offer offer things where they can buy online and pick up there at the store, but also shop at the store and see see uh, the candy in person and get samples and things like that. Because, 
it's food and, and people generally want to uh, taste samples before they buy, which is, is not really possible online. So I see that as a, a possible uh, growth opportunity, at least in the LA area, like opening a few um, candy warehouses around. Also, um, we're looking at expanding into other categories that we have the domain properties for. So we own uh, nutwarehouse.com and pretzelwarehouse.com, popcornwarehouse.com, candyapplewarehouse.com. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, we have a lot of different snack categories that we own uh, the domains for, and we just need to uh, build them out at some point. Yeah, but you've been so busy with Candy Warehouse, you know, it's not it's not that easy to find the time to do all that. Um, right. That right. is really cool about the that flagship store then. So when did that open? Uh, that just opened in September of this year. Uh, so we we're just kind of learning uh, how to do normal retail. So it's kind of fun. People really enjoy seeing all the candy in one place. It's fun. Yeah, so that has shop. to be. Well, that has to be pretty unique then. Like, I, I can't think of anything where I would see anything that was that fun as far as a, a candy place. Like, I, I've seen stuff in the malls where you just go and, and grab some candy and, and put it in a bag. Um, but I can't think of anything where it would be quite that type of experience. Right. It's a unique uh, setup because we have things displayed by color. So we have uh, an entire wall of all pink candy. Um, which is pretty unusual. I mean, you might see a few a few items like at Party City or or uh, or maybe at a mall store, but uh, not not hundreds of products of a single color. So it's a very unique uh, shopping experience we have right now. And so, do you think this works in in big cities? And would you franchise it? Like, what's the like? Do you have a plan right now, or is it just focus on this this one store for now? Uh, right now, we're going to see how this one store does, and, and try and figure out, uh, you know, is it is it is there enough demand for it to uh, expand it into uh, other, you know, into other areas of LA or the other areas of the country, even. So, we were thinking about um, trying to open up something in Charlotte, out of our warehouse there, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, we're not we're not sure if there's enough population there or enough demand. Because uh, you need a lot of, it's a very um, small niche, so you need a lot of people to uh, make the business worthwhile for them to be able to drive to an industrial park to uh, shop. So <laughs> right. it's uh, not your normal uh, shopping destinations. Las Vegas would be a, an ideal spot, too. I can think of, they've got the, the M&M's thing right on the, the main strip there. Um, right. It seems like that would be a destination where people would, would want to walk into something and be like, oh, this is neat. You know, this is quite the experience, too. But Right. Yeah, that that seems like a, a great opportunity. Uh, there's a ton of uh, candy uh, stores there. And uh, if we could come up with a unique uh, option, that would be great, I think. Yeah. Great in Vegas. Well, cool. Um, well, this has been awesome. This is a cool story. Um what am what am I missing about the story of of Candy Warehouse, if anything? Oh, uh, just that it it, it sounds uh, all fun, but it's a lot of work and it can be uh, stressful sometimes too. So the the whole the whole thing of buying out partners is uh, very stressful, and um, so that 
it's been a long road of ups and downs and so uh a lot of big competitors in our space now so uh we're struggling this year to compete with very big companies um so we're just trying to get more creative and uh, figure out what we're going to do long term sure that's uh challenging part of owning a business, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to someone thinking about starting up a, a, an e-commerce company? I would recommend that you choose a product niche that you really enjoy and you can um, have a unique perspective on to add valuable content for people that would be interested in it and use social media nowadays to kind of bring people into your niche and um, show what you have that is uh, that they can't find anywhere else. And so once you start it, you'll see opportunities like I did in the candy space. I, I was able to figure out that candy by color is a huge opportunity and it's basically doubled the size of our business. But I, I never would have known that if I wasn't selling candy at the time of the, uh, the candy buffet trend. So. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. You just kind of got to try things and, and keep your eyes open for opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's a grind. You've got to have that passion for it. Um, you've got to be willing to put in the work and you've got to find a reason for people to, to come to your site. Yep. Well, great. Uh, Chris, I, uh, I really appreciate your time today. Um, you know, this has been a, a really cool story. I kind of thought it would be, you know, given that you sell candy, but you know, yeah. <laughs> there, there's, there's the, the ups and downs of it, which was, you know, it, it's something that people need to hear and that it's not all easy. You didn't just start a site and, and then 20 years later, it's, it's something amazing. You had to work really hard right. for it. Right. Right. Yep. It's a lot of time and work and you got to, you know on the creative side also the technical side and marketing and accounting so it's just a lot of things you have to learn over the years and, and i think i've learned a ton over these past 20 years it's been a great experience well, cool well chris this will make for a great episode we certainly appreciate it thanks jason thanks for having me so that was chris pratt from candywarehouse.com that was a lot of fun we have some great episodes lined up in the next few weeks, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jason Gillikin with Triangle Direct Media, and you've been listening to My Digital Story.